So we have uh, been in this series called uh, Rattle. And as I was preparing this series uh, a month or so ago, I would have never thought uh, that, that we would be rattled uh, the way that we have been uh, right now. Um, here's one of the things that I know that, that we all have this something in common. As different as we may be, there, there's always something that, that we can, you can have in common. And every one of us at some point, we have quit something. You know, I remember playing games with my brother uh, growing up. He was younger than I was, and he would always quit. Like, I would start beating him, and he would just quit. It was done. Um, I, I was thinking about Zach. Like, I've invited Zach over a couple times to play board games, and he's quit both times. And then I started thinking about all of the things that, that I've quit. I quit football in, in junior high. I was a scrawny little kid, and, um, and I never even made it to the first game because at every practice, I would forget to put my mouthpiece in, and they'd make me run a mile every time. So it was all I did was run miles um, all day long. So I quit. Um, I quit uh, playing basketball in, in junior high as well. I was little. Uh, they wouldn't let me play because I wasn't any good. Um, any of you ever quit a job? I remember when I, I quit my last ministry in Kentucky. It was between Sunday school and church. I just told one of the elders, hey, I'm done. Um, and I continued to preach there for about two months, but I made up my mind that morning that I was gonna quit. And, and like, how many of you have ever quit a diet? All of us have quit something and we've had people quit on us and quitting's a pretty big deal. Some of you, you've quit on a relationship or you've had someone quit on your relationship. We've had a friendship that someone quit on. And what I wanna talk about today, I'm gonna talk to the person who's watching and you're thinking about or you're wrestling with your whole relationship with Jesus. You're thinking about just quitting, just, just walking away. And all of us have felt that before. And if you haven't, you're, then you're, you're not real. All of us have looked at Christianity at some point and thought, is it worth it? Is it really worth it? So today I wanna talk to those who are thinking about quitting on God on Jesus or on his church. Maybe you quit a while ago and you're just starting to come back and maybe you're watching online for the first time. You're just not really sure about this whole Christianity thing. And I wanna let you know, if that's you and you thought about this whole quitting thing, I understand. I've been there many, many times in my life. I've stood at that crossroads and had to decide, am I gonna continue following Jesus? Am I gonna continue in ministry or have I wasted my life? And it's a question that if we're honest, I think that everyone has dealt with. You know, I read a statistic here recently that said 20% of all pastors will leave the ministry before this whole COVID thing is over. And so I started thinking, what are some of the reasons that people walk away? Reasons that, that I hear from people that have turned their back on God. And listen, these, these are good people. But they turned their back on God or, or on Jesus. And I narrowed it down to just four uh, reasons that people walk away. And this sermon, listen, this is real talk. You know, one of the reasons that people walk away from their relationship with God is pain and suffering. Your pain and suffering is a major reason that people quit. 
You know, every one of us, if we follow Christ for very long, there have been seasons that we've had plenty, like, like we're feeling good, like God is blessing us. They're what I call mountaintop experience, where we like, we've got a lot of joy, we've got a lot of hope, we're encouraging everyone, we're giving high fives, we're giving hugs, and life is awesome. And then, then there are those times or those seasons where we're like, I'm running out of joy. I'm running out of hope and I don't have any left. Pain and suffering are legit. There are some people listening that if you were to share your story, we would weep with you because of what you've gone through. You lost somebody close to you. And let me just say that, that that's awful. I, I don't have answers. Some of you, you got a medical report about your health that, that you weren't expecting. Some of you lost a job, you lost a marriage, some of you, you lost all your money. Pain and suffering does not discriminate. There are people listening that have gone through intense seasons of pain and suffering. Listen, forget how messed up the world is. Like you watch the news and you say, oh, this world's messed up. I'm talking about your world, your life is filled with pain and suffering. And all of the pain and suffering will cause us sometimes to just go, I don't know if I can continue to hang in there. I don't know if I can hold on. And I get it. Sometimes we, we go through pain and suffering and we meet people that are so, uh, the saying is they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. I don't know if you know those people. They'll tell you that the reason you're going through pain and suffering is because of your lifestyle because of the way that you act. And if you would just love Jesus more and you would do the right thing, that, that you wouldn't be suffering anymore. The only problem with that is Jesus. Listen, if our sinfulness means pain and suffering, then how do we explain the crucifixion of Christ, who was sinless, who still endured pain and suffering? For me, let me tell you, I, I'm, I'm at this roadblock. And I've been through this several times in my ministry. I think this week, uh, I did the, the funeral of, of, of Dane Bassett, who was a friend of mine, uh, a faithful attender here. And, and my heart breaks for his wife and, and his kids. Just a couple hours after you're gonna be watching this and viewing this, I'm gonna do uh, a funeral service for Willie Thompson. A, uh, a mentor, a friend, a father figure in my life. And it breaks my heart for Sandy and his kids. Next Wednesday, I'm gonna do the funeral service for Larry Morris. And it breaks my heart. And let me tell you the conclusion that I've come to. And it may not be the conclusion that you've come to, this is, this is just me. Jesus never promised us we would have a life free of pain and suffering. In fact, he guaranteed that we would. The night before he was crucified, he, he was meeting with his closest friends, his disciples, and he told them this. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. In John 16, 33. He didn't say you might have trouble. He didn't say you'll have trouble unless you do everything that I've told you to do. But not only did, did Jesus promise that we would have pain and suffering, he then walked through that pain and suffering so that we could see that there's a way through it. So for me, 
For me, this is the conclusion that I've come to. Pain and suffering is real. But it's not a reason for me to walk away. It's real and it stinks. Reason number two that that people walk away is mistreatment. And everybody that can hear my voice, you've been mistreated. And no matter where we've been mistreated, we always say the same thing, I'm not going back. You go to a restaurant and they, they mess up your order, you're not going back. You didn't get the service you wanted, you're not going back. We've all been there and said that and done that, and we've all probably said that about the church. Like There have been people that have been mistreated by the church. And let me promise you this. If you come to this church for longer than a month, you will be mistreated. Not on purpose, but you will be. I've had people mad at me because I didn't say hi to them on a Sunday morning and I didn't even see them. I was focused on something else, but, but I mistreated them. And I didn't mean to. So if you're here longer than a month, you will get mistreated and you will mistreat someone. Not on purpose, but you will. And you know, we all have a church story. I remember talking to a lady several years ago while I was ministering in Kentucky and she was in her 50s. And she said, I'll never go back to that church. She said, when I got a divorce, I mean, the church pushed me away and blamed it on me and said it was my fault. She left and it was 20 years later and she had never been back to the church. And that's mistreatment. And that's bad. There are people watching online and listen, you've had some bad church stories. I have some bad church stories. You know, it's sad that the greatest mistreatment that some of us will ever know or ever experience has come at the hands of those who claim to follow Christ. But Jesus was mistreated by religious people. Why would we think that that we would be the exception? You know, I understand if you've been mistreated. I, I know what it feels like. For me, For me, though, that's not a reason to to walk away simply because Jesus was mistreated. And if I'm gonna follow him, sometimes I'm gonna have to follow him through mistreatment. Now, this next one is is kind of intense and it's the one that'll probably get me in trouble, but another reason people walk away is because the Bible says. The Bible says. Have you ever had someone backhand you like, like they, but they put some scripture on it so that, to, to try to soften the blow? Or they, they write a verse of, of scripture and they put it on the rock that they're throwing at you? And you're just like, hey, keep, keep your memory verse. Like I've met so many people that have walked away from the faith because someone started a sentence with the Bible says. Did you know you can make the Bible say anything you want? You really can I can make the Bible say, hey, if you've eaten shellfish, you're condemned. Anybody, look at, look at your clothes right now. Anybody wearing a, a shirt that's a cotton poly blend maybe? Bible says you can't wear that. None of us that are listening right now should even be here. The Bible says if, if a child disrespects their parent, they should be taken out to the city gate and stoned. So if your parents knew everything that you did, would you have survived? Now let me put all my cards on the table. I love the Bible. 
I read through the Bible every single year. I love finding stuff that I've never noticed before. Like I believe the Bible is 100% inspired by God himself. From Genesis to Revelation, I love the Bible. I believe what, what Paul wrote to Timothy, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. But listen, the Bible was never meant to be a club that we beat people with. The Bible was meant to show us the love that God has for us. Yes, the Bible has rules. Yes, the Bible has directions for us, but they're to tell us how to live the best life possible. And it also says that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God and that we all need a savior. So if you walked away from Christianity because someone used the Bible as a weapon, let me tell you, I'm sorry. It was never meant for that. It was meant to show you the love of God. The last reason that people walk away is personal failure. They messed up. They, they dropped the ball. I went, I went to high school with a guy named uh, Rich Franklin. And Rich, Fra- Rich fought in the MMA for, for many years. And I was looking at his record the other day. He was 29 and seven. 29 and seven. That's pretty impressive in, in the MMA. And I was thinking about that and I thought about, like, I wonder what my record is as a follower of Jesus, like wins and losses. Like, I'm 44 years old, and I'm not even sure I've ever had a winning season. I wouldn't want my win-loss record to be posted, because I'm certainly not undefeated. Like, when it comes to messing up, listen, I've messed up. And it gets to the point where you beat yourself up so much so that at the end of the day, you begin to question, why do I even do this? I keep messing up, I keep hurting myself, I keep hurting other people, why do I even try? The apostles, they're they're a great example of this. They said, hey, Jesus, we will die with you. We'll we'll go to the very end with you. And as soon as he was arrested, they all scattered. So for me, as a pastor, I've stood at that crossroad, pain and suffering, mistreatment, the Bible says, and personal failure. And if you're looking for a reason to walk away, listen, all of those are valid reasons. Except for the fact that Jesus is alive. The resurrection is the reason for the hope that we have. The resurrection is is the reason I did not quit. The resurrection is the reason that that I can, can hang on. Because at the end of the day, listen, the resurrection is greater than any pain and suffering that I've gone through. The resurrection is greater than any mistreatment that I've ever faced. The resurrection is greater than just what the Bible says. The resurrection is a reminder that I can overcome anything in this world. If Jesus is alive and Jesus lives in me, that means I can overcome anything or anyone that this world throws at me, and so can you if Christ lives in you. The resurrection is the reason that you can have peace and you can have hope and you can have joy. Because at the end of the day, he lives. The resurrection is the reason that I can preach a funeral of three friends in a week's time. Because as hard as it is and as painful as it is, because he lives, there's hope. You know, I've been to the garden tomb where they say Jesus was laid. And guess what? It's empty. 
And we celebrate that, that Jesus Christ is alive and he's the reason that we can have hope. I love the way Matthew puts it. Now, Matthew is an eyewitness to, to, to all of this. He was a tax collector that Jesus welcomed. Um, and he says this, it's in Matthew 28, starting in verse one. He says, early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning. I love that. Matthew said, early on Sunday morning. Sunday was, was the day of resurrection, but he wasn't trying to deny that Friday happened. It, it was the day that all hell broke loose and he was crucified. He wasn't trying to deny that, that Saturday happened. You know, Saturday was the day that God seemed silent and it didn't seem like anything was happening. Matthew said this though, he said, a new day is dawning. Some of you, you're getting ready to step into a new day. And I'm not gonna deny that, that Friday happened. And I'm not gonna deny that, that Saturday happened. But I am gonna tell you that a new day is dawning. He said this, he said, Mary and Magdalene and the other Mary, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. And, and I love that, they were in twos. Reminds us that, hey, we can't do life alone. So then the angel said to the woman, don't be afraid. He said, I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying and now quickly go and tell his disciples. Tell who? The guys that abandoned him? The guys that, that took off and ran away? Yeah, yeah, go, go tell those guys. I want those guys that have the scars. Tell them that he's risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you into Galilee. Why Galilee? Because that's where it all started. Say, so, hey, let, let's go back to the beginning. So you will see him there. Remember what I've told you. So the women ran quickly from the tomb. They were frightened, but also filled with great joy. Did you know you can be frightened and filled with great joy at the same time? The, the story of my life. And it doesn't mean you're ungodly, it means you're a human. Says, and they rushed to, to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid, go tell my brothers. Wait, the angel said disciples. But Jesus said, no, 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 they're more than that. They're my brothers. They're, they're my family. And if he said that about them, what does he say about us today? You know, he knew about the failure. He knew about the fumble. He knew about the sin. He knew about the pain. He knew about the suffering, but he loves us anyway. He says, leave for Galilee and they will see me there. At the end of the day, listen, this is why I follow Jesus. This is the reason for any hope in my life because he lives. Because he lives, I can overcome anything this world throws at me. And because he lives, so can you if you follow him. You know, I love that, that we get to celebrate that every week. You know, we often think about as we take communion, and if you have your supplies, get them ready today. We often think about the, the, res the crucifixion part of it. The body and the blood that, that represent his body. That he was willing to die for us. And that's great. That's good. But it would mean nothing if he didn't rise from the dead. It means nothing if he's not alive. And today, as you take your communion, I'm gonna to ask you to remember, listen, that he is alive, 
that nothing in this world can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus because he died and was resurrected for us. Not death, not life, not angels, not demons, anything in all of creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus because he lives.